No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post game show alongside Dave Manuk, alongside Ezra Ginsburg. I'm your host, Drew Mendel. Expected it to be sort of a sleepy Sunday, a game against the Anaheim Ducks. You know, usually it's not one that you got circled on your calendar. It's usually not one that you expect is going to generate a lot of headlines. Well, gentlemen, we were definitely in for a surprise because this is a headline game given all that occurred this afternoon in California. I guess it would be late afternoon in California, early evening here in Winnipeg. Nice to see both of you gentlemen on this Sunday. Happy to uh, continue. What is this? The fourth night of Hanukkah, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Got that right. Had a big Hanukkah party at my house tonight. So uh, shout out to all the family who were over. It was great to have everyone in the house. How many lockers did Sheldon slash dad have, Drew? You know what? We we, we the, the Hanukkah tracker, like we had a three-digit, or sorry, a latka tracker. We had like a three-digit scoreboard tracking the consumption of the latkas. It, 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 we got up to 990 and then we just have to stop counting. There were that many latkes uh, that were consumed tonight. So we're all hopped up on sour cream and applesauce and fried potatoes here to talk about just a, a, a really what what started as a, a, a pretty dull hockey game that quickly got very uh, concerning, certainly would be a word you could use from a Jets fan, and then became certainly one of the Jets' best comebacks yeah. of this season, where the team shows a hell of a lot of intestinal fortitude in, admittedly against a bad opponent, but not caving in a third period where they came out and said, no, we are going to still take on this victory and move into first place in the Central Division. Good to see you guys on this Sunday night. Yeah, what's up, boys? Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on this uh, Sunday night. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, this win is definitely going to be overshadowed by the uncertainty surrounding Kyle Connor's injury, right? And, yeah. you know, everybody knows that it's his right leg and most likely his knee. But then the question becomes, is it a sprain? Is it a tear? We're not going to pr pretend to be orthopedic surgeons. I've been worked on by an orthopedic surgeon. I've torn my ACL and my MCL before in a Jewish Students Association floor hockey game. That was a good 15 or so years ago. Uh, I but think obviously, it was longer than 15 years ago, there, yeah, big boy. <laughs> maybe 17 or 18 years ago. But the, the reality is, you know, Connor's going to miss some time. And, you know, it's yeah. it's a dirty hit. It was a five minute major and a game misconduct to Ryan Strom. You know, and I know we're going to be talking about this throughout the, the course of the post game show. I don't like that Mark Shifley drops his gloves there because then you don't have Mark Shifley for the five minute power play. And I don't think you need to stand up for your teammate there. Yeah, I just do. don't like that. I, you know, I Drew, disagree I, with you. I, I don't mind the fighting, but I just don't think he needed to fight there and it takes him off the power play. Doesn't matter. You see your teammate down on the ice. You see that he's been injured by a dirty hit. Mark Shifley demonstrated, you know, demonstrated a degree of leadership that we haven't seen from him for the last number of years. I have no problem with his reaction there. In yeah. fact, 
I applaud his reaction there and think that, you know, as he's continued to grow this year and become a different and better player, his immediate response there is just part and parcel with that continued growth, Dave. Yeah, no, I mean, that was my initial reaction. I said uh, on Twitter slash X that the, the right decision by Mark Shifley was to drop the gloves and, and come to Kyle Connor's defense. When you see a teammate, a guy who's, you know, we've talked about it. He's not a guy who misses any games due to injury and he's lying there and he's not moving yeah. your first reaction. I agree with Ezzy from a, from a practical standpoint, you know, from a practical standpoint, you don't want to lose Mark Shifley. I understand that element of it, but, but from a reactionary thing, which of course hockey is, you understand why he drops the glove immediately and you know, goes. He doesn't know it's going to be a five-minute major. In his mind, the refs could have missed the call, or it could have called it a two-minute. So he he's sending a message. So I, I think it's the right play um, because I think you just you know he's he wears a letter and and he's got to come to the defense. You'd expect it from Adam Lowry. You'd expect it from anybody really. Brendan Dillon. So I I, I don't have a problem with it. I understand the the rationale as is espousing. Mm-hmm. I just think that it. Uh, is in this instance, it's it's the right play by Shifley because you want to see that these guys are sticking up for each other, uh, even though it costs him those five minutes on the on the major. I have to highlight bye bye Blake's comment. It's very funny. Ezzy's <laughs> just mad that no one fought on behalf of Ezzy when you got injured in that uh, in that floor hockey game that caused you to tear up your knee all those years ago. But uh, to my, from my perspective, Shifley, look, you 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 see your opponent on the ice. I, I think what we've learned. You know, going back to Gabe Velarde, and we'll talk about Gabe Velarde because, of course, he had the game-winning goal in tonight's game. Players on the ice, it's it's so much of a slower game for the players on the ice. They know when they when something is dirty. So us in the you know in the press box, or us in the media, or fans watching at home, it might look innocuous. It might look innocent. Players know when something happens on the ice that is beyond the pale. Mark Shifley knows here that Ryan Strom sticks out his knee, right? That he know Mark Shifley knows that Ryan Strom has, you know, not, I don't know that he tried to injure Kyle Connor, but you have to expect that when you stick out your knee, it can lead to an injury. Mark Shifley knows that he knows what Strom did. His response is with the knowledge that this guy just tried to take out, uh, you know, certainly one of our best players, certainly one of our best goal scorers. And, you know, Screw the power play. That will work. That's a separate issue, you know, for later. And I understand where your perspective is, Ezzy, that had Shifley been on the ice, perhaps the Jets get, you know, a couple goals on what was a a lame power play, a lame five-minute major there. But in that reaction, in that moment, I think Mark Shifley did what he needed to do. Think about all the nonsense that we heard out of Toronto when uh, I can't remember even which Leafs player was injured on that hit and nobody responded in kind. Uh, you know, in this case, that won't, it's the flip side from the Jets perspective is they were, they were spitting glass they, and, and they responded quickly. And I do believe that that carries over in coming back and, and, and winning this game. You know, that they, you know, they sagged certainly when, when the hit happened and they sagged in that second period after they saw Connor and came to the realization that Connor wasn't going to be back. But then that third period, they came back with a proverbial burr in their saddle and said, we're not going to lose this game against a weaker opponent now that we're really pissed off about what that weaker opponent did. And kudos to the Jets for that, from my perspective, Ezzy. Yeah, they beat the third worst team in the league. The problem is now they're not going to have Kyle Connor. So, I mean, it's it's over, right? Like, not the season, I mean. It's that Kyle Connor is going to be out for uh, an extended period of time. We don't know how long, but it's probably going to be at least – 
a, a few weeks, right? So, yeah, it's an incredible victory, but Kyle Connor's long-term health, I think, is the uh, the biggest concern right now. Yeah, there's no question that the the long-term health of Kyle Connor is, and and once the emotion of it all fades away, that's going to be what's difficult for the Jets to uh, have to fill in that gap because you know Gabe Velarde coming back in the lineup, we've seen that Gabe Velarde is not the same player he was, or not yet the same player he was before the knee injury. So who knows what mm-hmm. the state of Kyle Connor is going to be. And the time will tell. We'll find out about that. If not tonight, then over the next couple of days as the Jets, of course, continue on this road trip. But I do believe that showing up tonight in the third period in the manner that the Jets did, uh, I'm not sure that the last couple of years worth of Jets teams, Dave, would have been able yeah. to show up in the same manner that the Jets did to avenge their fallen teammate. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, and and look, there's no point in speculating because we don't know how long he's going to be out and, we, and we'll get an assessment from Rick Bonus Tonight, I suspect whatever he'll say is we'll see tomorrow what it, what, what it brings. They're heading to San Jose after the game where they'll take the Sharks on Tuesday. So, I mean, to me, um, you, you like the fight back. You like the comeback. It was a sleepy game. I was hoping that, folks, I'm happy to see so many of you in the chat right now because after that first period, I thought we'd all be falling asleep and wake, <laughs> forget about uh, you know the post-game show at that point. Got a little more spicy, a little more heated finally. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a tough situation when you lose a guy like Kyle Connor, who's been such a important piece of this Jets club and scores, you know, I mean, he's, he's right there amongst the goal leaders in the <laughs> good one by Spency. Now the Jets have some room for Otani, but it, it, it is. I thought a, he's going to def- Toronto. What's that? I thought he's going to Toronto. Well, potentially, but uh, <laughs> the, the fact is that, you know, it, it's tough and we'll see what happens, but you know, the, the mentality has to be that when a guy goes down, even a guy who's mm-hmm. got 17 goals on your team, you know, we'll see if the plug-and-play aspect of this Jets club can can maintain, and that's what we're going to find out. And we don't know. We don't know the extent of it. This could be a stinger. It could be whatever. It could be simply precautionary, or it could be significant. So we'll find that out when we find that out. But for now, uh, you know, we have to look at the the hockey game that we we witnessed tonight in Anaheim. Yeah, and, and, and it isn't, you know, obviously, you know, it's not a, a must-win game by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a game the Jets want to win. They know what happened last night on the out-of-town scoreboard, and even though it is too early in the season as he, to really be doing a lot of a standings watch, but they know that mm-hmm. basically everybody around them in the Central Division lost, and they knew the opportunity that was sitting in front of them, and that was opportunity was first place in the Central Division, and you know for a while there, especially in that third period when Anaheim took the 2-0 lead, it looked like it was going to be a combination of bad and worse for the Jets tonight, you know, you know, and you can say whichever one was bad, whichever one was worse between losing the game and losing Kyle Connor. But the fact that they were able to come back and now are atop the central division is something they can be proud of. I mean, you don't get any awards for it. You don't get any medals for it. But after 26 games, the Jets are the top team in their division. And that's something that uh, I don't think any of us really were expecting to say at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt that this was an impressive win. Like you said, when Adam Henrique scored the goal to put the Ducks up 2-0, I mean, the Jets were in trouble there. And, you know, they're down Kyle Connor, their best player. The second period was not good for the Jets. Mm -hmm. They were the better team in the first period. I think most people would agree with that. But the five-minute power play definitely sucked a lot of momentum away from the Jets. Uh, I think there were only two shots, and if I'm not mistaken, Josh Morrissey had, had both of them. So it's an impressive win for sure considering the context and you're absolutely right i mean the jets are in first place right now uh 
you know, ahead of the Colorado Avalanche. I think they still have a game in hand, or maybe it's the same amount of games in hand. Pardon me, this the Jets the same have amount a game. Of games, Jets have a game first, in hand. So you're right. I mean, it's not necessarily where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Um, and I think, you know, you, a lot of people are going to have to change their expectations for the Jets. I think, you know, this is, you know, whether you want to call them elite, they're certainly, uh, you know, right now they're playing like an upper echelon team, whatever word you want to use. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a good, they're just a good hockey team. And, you know, there's a lot of hockey to be played in the regular season, but I mean, the record speaks for itself, right? And and the other thing I would jump on is defensively, right? This is a team that's limiting goals against. And and as he's right, you know, you Still saw that Henry three a game. Yeah, that's what sixteen games in a row now, Drew. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's a pretty impressive stat. It's one we talked about with Craig Button yesterday. It's one we talked about ourselves on the Leo Gerv Hockey Show yesterday morning. So I mean, that is one of the elements of this team. And you said it. And again, I don't know where they stand as of right now. I'm sure you can look it up as I'm talking where their goals against. Stands, but as you spoke to Ezzy and I yesterday morning, the Jets were atop the NHL, tied with the Bruins and was it the Kings? Bruins the and Kings, yeah, yeah. So the Bruins and the Kings were, you know, and the Kings and the Rangers are doing battle tonight in New York. But um, it, it, you know, the, the Jets defensively have been a much better team, and so mm -hmm. you you wanted to see that continue. And Ezzy's right, the Ducks aren't a very good team, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I uh, thought we might see former. Uh, Winnipeg Jets draft pick 2014 fourth rounder Chase DeLeo, who's the <laughs> captain of the San Diego Gulls, but he was dealing with it. I think he had an MCL injury. So hopefully he's been, Chase Jr. would be around too. Yes, that's true. But he, I think he's been out for, he just got back in the lineup for, for San Diego. But the, the fact is that the um, Ducks have dealt with a lot of injuries. They're not a very good team. They still have some NHL players and, uh, you know, they've got, uh, who is it? Vitrano, who's got 14 goals. So they're, they're, they, they can still, and John Gibson. I mean, I highlighted it before the game started. Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson, since Connor Hellebuck got into the league as a full-time NHL goaltender in 15-16, he and, and John Gibson have faced more shots than any other goaltending pair in the entire league. It's crazy. Like I think, although it's amazing because Hellebuck has actually faced about 14,000 shots in that time, and Gibson's <laughs> about 13,000. But their goals against averages and their save percentages are very similar. So uh, two guys that have uh, faced a lot of rubber in their day uh, going head to head. So it, it was going to be an interesting game uh, on from that element of it. But uh, look, you like the fact that the Jets, you know, had some sort of gumption and and played for their teammates and uh, came out with a win. Thirty minutes and seventeen seconds, the time on ice tonight for Josh Morrissey. Wow. I mean, that's wow. it's over half the game. I mean, usually you might get that number if a game goes into into an overtime period. But to play more than half the game regulation is just an incredible number. Now, admittedly, of that 30 minutes, 10 of it was on the power play because the Jets had so many power play minutes. But Josh Morrissey was an absolute beast for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. And he was certainly one of the driving forces behind the Jets coming back in this game in, in getting the victory at two assists uh, in the game as well. But 30 minutes of ice time as he is not something we're used to hearing, uh, you know, from a guy like Josh Morrissey, who's certainly continuing to grow. I believe I saw post game. Mark Shifley said that this was, let me see if I can find the exact, the, the quote, um, you know, that Mark Shifley said that something along the lines of this, this was Josh Morrissey's, uh, Mark Shifley called tonight's game perhaps the most impressive game of Josh Morrissey's career. So that's you know pretty high praise uh, from Mark Shifley talking about Josh Morrissey playing more than 30 minutes in tonight's game, Ezzy. 
Yeah, we talked about it on the five-minute power play. Jets only had two shots. Morrissey had both of them, and then obviously he assists on Morgan Barron's goal and also gave Velarde's goal, which was the eventual game winner, right? So he was great. I mean, you just don't see defensemen play uh, 30 minutes that often anymore. So I, I agree with uh, what you said about uh, Morrissey. I don't know if that, you could say that was his best game ever, um, but he was certainly the best defenseman on the ice. Yeah, he he was very impressive for the Winnipeg Jets. Look, the I'll give the Jets credit. They stepped up. That they really did. They stepped up in a difficult situation in that third period, especially when you're down, you know, I'll be honest, when they're down one nothing at the start of the third fine, one goal can anything can happen there. But when you're down two nothing, and we'll get into the Betway game recap momentarily here, Dave. When you're down two nothing and you're without Kyle Connor and you looked a little lethargic for a lot of the last, you know, let's say 25 minutes of the game or so. Uh, to them to then find that 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 second wave and that second boost and then say no we're going to win this game and we're going to win in regulation uh i don't know that it, it it's not a turning point because the jets have been on an upward trajectory all year long right. but it's certainly something that shows that this team has maybe a little bit more drive and a little more heart than some of the most recent squads well, I mean, look, I, I think the reality is that we've often, you've, you want to talk historically, Drew, we've seen Jets teams in the past would kind of turn their tail and even though they've won three in a row, say, all right, tonight's not our night. Mm-hmm. They'll just lament it and they'll, you know, fold their tent for the third period. And they didn't do that. And and you're right, when that when that was 2 nothing, you're kind of like, oi, you know, that's not, that's not going to be good for business. And yet... They didn't. And, you know, it starts with guys like Nino Niederreiter, of course, who's, you know, got a nonstop engine. I thought David Gustafson, again, had another solid game, was was very important in that second goal uh, by Morgan Barron. So I think that was the other thing, right? You had those guys who were, you know, pushing and 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 you, and you not allowing the team to quit. And so that, to me, and like you, as you and you just talked about, Josh Morrissey playing over 30 minutes. I mean, it's, it's this whole team is is not a team that we're used to seeing. And I know that folks are waiting for the shoe to drop, that this is last year's team and they're very similar and you're going to see that, but I don't see it this year. I really don't Mm -hmm. see this year's team as last year's team. And Rick Bonus has been very fond of saying, you know, it's happened in the past, man. It's in the past. But I'm kind of tending to agree with him now because we're not seeing, I mean, again, I know that last year we, we thought the same thing and the Jets record actually, well, now it might be about the same, but it was better because they did go on a little bit of a run just around this point where they won three or four games in a row, and then they start to 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 fold a little bit. But again, you, you just want to see that this team can just keep churning it out, and we'll see if, what they can do against San Jose on Tuesday, and, and again, big game with uh, the Kings on Wednesday. No question about it. Uh, Rick Bonus uh, speaking to the media in uh, Anaheim. Uh, Kyle Connor will be further evaluated tomorrow. So no, no formal update, no surprise there, no insight into what the situation is. It's not doesn't look good, uh, certainly, but uh, we'll find out more tomorrow, which means, of course, you'll have to keep it locked to IllegalCurve.com for all your latest on Kyle Connor. And, of course, later after the post-game show, IllegalCurve.com will have your comprehensive game recap from tonight's 4-2 Jets victory over the Anaheim Ducks. Let's get into the game recap courtesy of our friends at Betway. The Betway Game Recap. 
Big thanks to our friends at Bethway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you're looking for a place to lay a wager legally, you should choose Betway, the most trusted name in sports betting. For more information and to bet your way, check out Betway. Big thanks to them for their continued support. Uh, so we mentioned that you know the first period, 14-8 shots on goal in the first period, and it was a relatively... I would describe normal first period uh, up until, of course, the the Kyle Connor injury. That's when uh, everything was was quickly turned on its head. That injury uh, coming at the 27 second mark of the second period. So a first period where I thought the Jets played well against an opponent that they really are better than. Uh, they outshot the Ducks 14-8 in the first period. And after 20 minutes, I'd say it was pretty normal, pretty straightforward. Nothing that anybody would have expected was going to uh, result in one of the more uh, noteworthy, newsworthy contests of the season so far. Um, you know, so that, you know, really don't need much to get into in that first period, I'd say, aside from, uh, you know, what, what we talked about. Jets had uh, a couple of power play opportunities in that first period. Troy Terry takes a tripping penalty at 7.03. No dice for the Jets. Uh, the Ducks take a too many men on the ice penalty as he at the 12.44 mark of the first period. Again, no dice for the Winnipeg Jets. Power play certainly wasn't good even before Kyle Connor uh, got injured in that second period. Yeah, and I think, you know, the goal that was scored in, in the second period, like, I mean, it's Neil Pionk is in the penalty box for holding the stick, and you know, it's Troy Terry and Max, Max Jones uh, kind of playing catch to the right of, of Connor Hellebuck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of focus was on Brendan Dillon here and how he goes down. Um, and obviously, you know, no problem with that play, right? Like he's trying to disrupt. They've got a bit of the triangle going there. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a rebound, right? Like Alex Kaloran, a guy that, you know, kind of reminded me of Ryan Kessler wearing the same number and the same type of player, obviously, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, yeah, look, it's just Troy Terry puts the puck on net, and Brendan Dillon is just a, a step behind um, Alex Kaloran there, and he puts it behind Connor Hellebuck. And I think there was only about 10 seconds left on the, the power play. Yeah, you know, the, so the power play goal for the Ducks comes at the 16.07 mark of the second period. You're absolutely right. There were exactly 10 seconds left. Neil Pionk uh, was in the box for holding the stick. You know, that second period, you know, again, that injury to Kyle Connor, and that's certainly going to be the headline. I would be the headline. I, I, you know, sorry. Let me just go on a bit of a tangent. If one of the top five goal scorers in the league goes down, and let's say that top five goal scorer's name is Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or anybody that doesn't play on the Winnipeg Jets, Twitter, X, social media would be a buzz by the insiders. Okay. It happens against it happens for Kyle Connor, probably the least appreciated, greatest goal scorer in the NHL currently. Not a word. They just they take they took Sunday off and they kept Sunday off. It just it just it jumps out at you. It's all I'm saying. It's noticeable how when things happen here, and I know that it's the reality of being Winnipeg and being a small market and everything else. But it just for whatever reason it it, it annoyed me particularly tonight that nobody from the great mecca of media in Toronto batted an eye at Kyle Connor going down on a dirty hit. And, it, you know, it's going to take, if maybe they'll notice tomorrow, if it's, if there's not big news in Leafsland, but that bothered mm -hmm. me tonight, Kyle Connor, never mind Winnipeg. Yeah. But Kyle Connor as an elite goal scorer in the league deserves better. The NHL. Are you saying that there's just been lack of attention 
lack of tweeting about it? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm not I'm sure what you're talking about. Unless you were watching tonight's game, and unless you're a Jets fan and a Ducks fan, you probably weren't watching tonight's game. <laughs> Nobody has said... After that first period, I don't know how many Jets fans were still watching that game. Nobody has said word one about that injury. Not yeah. one of the... You know, not one of the big, you know, the capital M. Media You're talking about on guys. Twitter because TSN has it on the on their website. Yeah, but, okay, uh, I'm talking but about Twitter. I'm talking about Twitter, which is where a lot of people still go for better or worse for their sports news and for well, their sports, immediate sports analysis. I think it's actually just bizarre because Kyle Connor is not not just where he is currently behind Nikita Kucherov. He has been for quite some time one of the best goal scorers. So whatever subjective term you want to use, top five, top ten, whatever. So yeah. to me, it is a little bit bizarre because it is a significant injury. Again, yeah. we don't know how long Kyle Connor is going to be out. It could be one game. It could be two games. It could be two months. We have no idea. So it's all speculation at this point. We have to wait until tomorrow. But yeah, it's bizarre. I haven't been glued to Twitter or slash X. Like, so I have no idea if, you know, guys like Elliot Friedman, they Darren Drake, Pierre work. Lebrun. I have well, no idea. I, I can't speak for them. But it is bizarre that they haven't put something out on social media. You know, and to that, I, I so while you were while Drew was talking, as and you were finishing up your thoughts, I went to Dreggers. He did retweet that the Maple Leafs goaltender J- Joseph Wall is out week to week with a high ankle sprain. But that happened yesterday. Been, yeah, but I'm saying that well, Dreggers. Yeah, Drew's right. That holidays. was yesterday. So no, I know, but I'm saying like so he retweeted that yesterday, but nothing today, and I haven't checked Friedman. Look, I mean, guys, this yeah. is not this is not breaking news uh, by any stretch. When we remember Gabriel Gabriel Velarde's comments about the injury that he f- suffered uh, when Blake Lazotte, his former teammate, took him out. Yeah. And what was what was my comment? I was like, how the hell is that not making, like, waves? Like, he basically called his teammate an idiot and mm-hmm. said it was a stupid thing to do. And, again, it reverberated here in this market. And in L.A., it, it made a lot of waves. But elsewhere, it just doesn't. And that's just the reality. And, and look, I mean, I think that the Jets, if we're going to bring this back to hockey, I think the Jets like having that chip on their shoulder. I think the Jets like having the disrespect, if you will. Maybe the the fans and the folks in the chat, they also like that dis- disrespect because, uh, you know, maybe that'll make the victory, all, the victories all the more sweet when uh, folks in Toronto have to pay notice. But, I mean, again, it is what it is, and that's just the reality. But, hey, that's why you come to LegalCurve.com or the Illegal Curve Hockey Show or the Illegal Curve Postgame Show because mm-hmm. we have the Jets, the Moose, covered inside and out. Breaking news, Ryan Reeves just took a dump. I think there's, they're breaking into live coverage <laughs> to talk about that. Uh, so one nothing for Bell the Anaheim. Movement. Bell movement. Yeah, one nothing for the Anaheim Ducks uh, after 40 minutes. The Jets uh, certainly looked a little lethargic in that second period, coming to the realization that they are going to be without Kyle Connor, certainly for the remainder of the game. The Jets PR team tweeted that out, and that was no surprise to any of us in the what power a terrible play. 27th birthday present. Yeah, it was his birthday <laughs> yesterday. So congratulations! Yeah, your knee has been uh, has been taken out on a dirty play by a guy hanging on to his NHL career by a thread, and now the Jets just have to hope that Kyle Connor's knee is is still held together by more than just a thread after that uh, dirty play uh, by uh, by Ryan Strom there. Uh, one nothing for the Ducks after forty minutes, and it gets from bad. Andrew, to hold worse. on. We should, but we should, but we should say the power play was was anemic, Awful. and and. Yeah. And it's not just the five minute. It was, the, you know, the minors as well. The, the power play just just didn't have it going on. And it was like, and, I, and the other thing I'm going to say, and, I, and I, I wonder what the people in the chat have to say about this, but like the ice, and I, I mean that obviously both teams have to play on the same ice. So it's not that it, this is a poor Jets thing, but the ice looked like it was terrible. And like oh. Morgan Barron blew 
two, a couple tires skating. And then you saw Ehlers at one point during the play was like fixing the ice. So it just seemed very unusual. And maybe that impacted the way, but the passing seemed off. Like it really didn't seem crisp from the Jets tonight. And so again, I think that's a function of maybe the where they were playing a little bit. Maybe they were a little demoralized losing 81, but I also thought that the ice just didn't look fantastic. It's yeah, I would agree with your assessment there. There was a concert at the arena last night in Anaheim. That's why the Jets have to get dressed uh, in. Uh, it was a Christmas concert, apparently. I'm <laughs> not sure who was performing. I'm not entirely sure who was on stage. Or, I had no idea, uh, Drew, that you were that in touch with what was going on in Anaheim. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I saw it from our buddy Mike McIntyre, who's on the road trip. I, I admittedly was not uh, keeping a close eye on the Honda Center events calendar, but uh, Mike uh, was able to uh, pass along that nugget. That's why the Jets practiced uh, at the Ducks practice facility, but they had to dress at the Honda Center and then board a bus, to get, <laughs> which is, which is uh, certainly very much uh, a minor hockey sort of vibes as uh, Mike alluded to in his column or his article which you can find of course on illegalcurve.com linking to the article on the free press website uh one nothing for the jets and the jets come close to tying it one up nothing for the ducks one nothing for the ducks pardon me one nothing for the ducks after 40 minutes and the jets come close uh to uh, tying it up early in that third period um it was uh uh, my brain has gone blank for a second. Hang on. I will find out exactly who it was. Alex Iafalo. That's who it was. Uh, Rang went off the crossbar yep. and the Jets came that close to tying it. But what happens as it so often does in hockey and in sports, uh, the other team goes down the other length of the ice and ends up scoring when you came that close to tying it up. Adam Henrique, his fifth of the year, assist to Silverberg and Radko Gudis. This at the 115 mark of the second period as he probably not a yeah. great goal that Kyle, that uh, Connor Hellbuck gives up here. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Radko Gudis makes a nice pass to Jacob Silverberg, who's at center, and Silverberg finds a streaking uh, Adam Henrique. But you're absolutely mm -hmm. right. I mean, this is not uh, uh, not a goal that Connor Hellebuck's going to like. Yeah. But look, I mean, Henrique. I mean, Henrique scored a lot of goals in the NHL, right? You guys know uh, I followed him a lot closer when he was with the Devils, but I think he's been with the Ducks for five or six years now, Dave. So Henrik's a guy that's, you know, he's had his fair share of goals in the NHL, but yeah, it kind of looked like a root, what would be a routine save. And I'm not sure if it's maybe Hellebuck's going a little bit left to right there. Like, you know, it, it, it was a nicely placed shot, but you're right. I mean, it seemed like a, a, a shot that Hellebuck would normally save Drew, I think is what you were trying to say. And at that point in the game, that was only what, you know, a minute and 15 into the, the third, I think. So you're down yeah. two nothing, and you know uh, uh, Kelly Moore mentioned this. I was listening to the uh, radio broadcast between the second and third period, and Kelly Moore mentioned. I think he said that the Ducks have only been leading three times prior to tonight's game. So this would have been four times that the all, Ducks hang have on, gone all year. Yes, and obviously <laughs> this is their this is their first loss. Yes, we're 25, 26 games into the season, and they've only led four times after two periods. So. Uh, going up to nothing, you know, the bench probably thought, okay, I mean, this is going to be, you know, win it's number our four. time to shine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Jets obviously fought back. But, yeah, I mean, that was not, uh, let's say, the prettiest goal that Connor Hellebuck has let in. 
No, but what was pretty, Dave, was the Jets' response to that goal. And that's almost where they said, okay, enough's enough. We're going to get this one. And it takes all of 43 seconds later, Nino Niederreiter gets his seventh of the year, assist to Vlad Nemesnikov and Brendan Dillon. And this is just Nemesnikov with a really nice effort and a really nice play. And And Niederreiter is exactly where you expect him to be, right in front of the goalie, right outside the blue paint. And it's all on his stick and off his stick and in the net and out of the net so quickly that a lot of players barely had time to react and even notice that it actually was a good goal for the Winnipeg Jets, cutting the Ducks lead in half. Yeah, and, and look, you there's a couple of things that deserve kudos on this one. First of all, Vlad Nemesnikov coming back after missing the last three games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was talking to Dan Robertson during the first intermission and talked about just trying to get back into the flow of the game and you know it's not it's not easy when you've missed some time and obviously he hasn't played a game in December so this was his first one and so you like he's a very calculated player you can see the way he kind of thinks the game as he's skating and he finds that spot and so good on him to kind of go wide and get to the fault use the wall get into that deep into the duck zone and then you got to credit Nino Niederreiter because he basically goes right to the house with four ducks around him and makes creates that enough space for himself that when he gives himself a you know he gives himself that opportunity he lets himself be there sorry I should say for Vlad Nemesikov to make that pass and you're right Drew I mean it was funny because we're watching that Ez and I are watching it and I'm like Did that go in because it looked like it went in <laughs> but the camera really didn't indicate that it went in nobody really reacted John Gibson didn't even react as if it had gone in so you're mm-hmm. watching it and you're like I think it went in but I'm not certain if it went in so. Yeah, I mean it's 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 and it's critical to score that quickly because, yeah, when Connor Hellebuck gives up that second goal, which you don't love because he saw it from a distance, you're thinking to yourself, is this going to be what we've seen traditionally from the Jets? But instead, quick strike back. Now suddenly it's a two-one game, and you're thinking, well, the Jets are very. I mean, look, there's lots of time, even if they hadn't, because it was mm-hmm. so early in the third. But still, you like that type of goal because then you then you have a feeling the Jets are going to start to find their game a little bit more. That's just straight up, and that's why Nino Niederreiter is beloved by a lot of Jets fans because that's a that's a power move, right? That's just a power yeah. forward. Like I think it was Cam Fowler, right, Dave, the defenseman, that, that he beats so. to the front of the net there. I thought yeah. it was Fowler. Uh, but, yeah, that's just a power forward move, and like you said, that's a huge goal to just you know take some momentum back for the Jets. But, yeah, great work by Nemesnikov, who starts that play kind of around center ice. And you know, puts a nice pass in front for for Niederreiter, but just just a great. I mean, there's no other way you can describe it by just saying, you know, it's a great net drive by Nino. Yeah, it's a great net drive. Uh, it was actually, I think it was either Gudis or it was Vakaninen, uh, who were the defensemen okay. on the ice for the Ducks on that one. But I, I can understand. Yeah, the point is, you go to a spot where you're going to be in a dangerous area, but you also allow yourself to be in a good spot to receive the pass. Yeah, you know, it, 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 you know, there, there's you're you're going hard, but you're also going strategically hard, and that's what just sort of what the veteran players are so good at doing. Uh, you know, in you know, as they get older in, in their career, is you know, finding that proverbial soft ice that you get you hear talked about so much, so that even though you're in the dirty area, you're also in a position to receive the pass and capitalize on it. You're not putting yourself where you're not in a position to take advantage of a nice play and a nice pass, and that's what Nino Niederreiter is so good at doing. Uh, so Jets cut it to two one. They get a real good bounce back uh, to the uh, Ducks two nothing goal, and then the Jets tie it up 
a little less three minutes and 57 seconds later. So just under four minutes later, it is a tie game. Morgan Barron, again, you're going hard to the net. Yep. Morgan Barron getting his fifth of the year assist to Josh Morrissey and David Gustafson. And this is, you know, a, a shot from Morrissey that is just sort of sitting there. Nobody can really track it, but Morgan Barron is there fighting and winning a puck battle and sort of chipping it past uh, John Gibson as he to tie the game up at two about, uh, you know, just under just under six minutes into the third period. Yeah, and I made a note of this. Dave and I were watching the game here like we normally do, and uh, Morgan Barron uh, breaks up uh, a possible 2 on oh, Yes. right? Good so point. you got to start off with that, right? Like, yeah. Morgan Barron makes a really nice defensive play um, kind of around center, you know, near the Jets' blue line, mm-hmm. uh, breaks up a pass. Uh, I forget who made the pass, but we're watching the replay here. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is another great net drive. Morrissey puts the puck on net, and... Now I know who the defenseman is here. It is Ilya Labushkin. He just has the puck in his skates and he just doesn't clear it. Right. Right. So this is not a beautiful goal. Originally, I thought, you know, Morrissey put the puck on that and and kind of Baron deflected it in. But no, Ilya Labushkin is in front of John Gibson. Pucks in his skates, like I mentioned. He just doesn't clear it. Right. And uh, give Morgan Baron credit. Again, drives the net, goes to the net and whacks mm-hmm. it in. So again, who cares if it's a, if it's a quote unquote ugly goal? tied the game up for the Jets, and that was a huge goal, right? We talked about it. The Ducks have not led a lot of games after two periods. They go you know, up 2 nothing. Now the game is tied. The Jets have all the momentum at that point. So good on Morgan Barron. You know, obviously, you know, he's playing on the fourth line, has played on the fourth line the majority of the year. Might see him in an elevated role. <laughs> yeah, For example, if Nito Niederreiter <laughs> gets moved up into the top six, Morgan mm-hmm. Barron might pl- play with his old buddies, Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. But yeah, just uh, again, these are just kind of hardworking goals. And mm-hmm. these are the types of goals that you have to score when you're down 2 nothing. And it kind of, let's be honest, this was a bit of an ugly game, right? Like this was kind of a, the first period, like the, this game was scoreless for almost half of the game, more than half the game, yeah. right? And I, I don't think a lot of people had that on their bingo card, right? With uh, the way the Ducks, like without Jamie Drysdale, without Trevor Zegris and Mason McTavish, uh, you know, I certainly thought, you know, the Jets, the Jets would be up two nothing or three nothing, not the other way around in the third period. So yeah, good, just good on Morgan Barron. That's just great hard work being re- rewarded, really. Yeah, and, and look, first of all, Ezzy's Ginsburg guarantee from yesterday's show comes true: sixteen <laughs> straight games for the Jets without giving up three goals or more. But uh, the other person that you should call that deserves a you know a kudos on this goal is David Gustafson because he keeps the puck in at the Ducks uh, line, then feeds it over to Josh Morrissey and. David Gustafson, again, he's only got the two goals and one assist, but you can just feel like he's the kind of guy who's he's playing right now like a guy who doesn't want to be taken out of the lineup. He's playing, and, and again, I don't say that because I think he's playing with fear. I think he's just playing a, like a very assertive, aggressive style that he knows is making him integral to the lineup and, and one that's not going to see him casually removed when, you know, and of course now with, with the injury to Kyle Connor, he doesn't have to worry about that as much, but you know, you never know, right? And so actually, Anson Fielby comes out with Vlad Nemestikov's return today. And you saw, I think, from David Gustafson again, more and more. We saw it in the last game. We talked about it as he talked about it. And and I think he's continuing that in, in this game, in this season so far. So so you like that. And suddenly, it's a 2-2 game. And suddenly, you're going, whoa, okay, well, this this is more of what you're expecting from the Jets. And suddenly, now they're 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 in it to win it. 
And they are certainly back tied up at twos at this point of the third period. Uh, the Jets have all the momentum, though. I mean, again, you're playing against an Anaheim team that is uh, fragile at the best of times um, because they're really not a good hockey team. So, and they know, you know, you see these guys know when you're a good hockey team and when you're not a good hockey team, and they know that they're not a very good hockey team. So the Jets just need to keep the pedal on the metal and. Both teams had some chances. You know, the Ducks almost took retook the lead. The Jets almost took the lead. There was a couple loose pucks. Um, you know, I remember the Kyle, uh, the Connor Hellebuck poke check. Uh, that was uh, where I can't remember. Which was which terrible puck. defense by the Jets. By terrible the way. defense, no question. It but was atrocious. Yeah. I can't remember which Ducks player was basically in all alone, but Connor Hellbuck managed to outweigh him and, and, and you know, poke the puck remember. away. Because it was, it was, certainly... was it Max Jones? It yes. might have been. I yeah, think that's exactly right, Ezzy. It certainly looked like I was watching that happen. I'm like, okay, well, this looks like it's going to be a goal for Anna. Well, Hellebuck, yeah. Hellebuck, that was a game saver. I mean, it he really put, was. He, he, I forget if it was a, a pure poke check or if it was him kind of just leaning his body forward. But what he did was he basically angled Max Jones out of a scoring chance, right? Because he never got a shot off. That's right. Well, he and knew. He, he was like, I, I'm not letting Ezra Ginsburg be wrong. I can't give up a third <laughs> yeah. goal. Two is fine, yeah. but I'm not giving that's up right, a yeah. third. Yeah, look at look at yeah. look at Connor Hellbug looking out for your best interest yeah. there. As he, he has no uh, clue who I am. Yeah, well, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, chances at both ends. That was a big play by Connor Hellbuck. and then the Jets get the game-winning goal off the stick of Gabe Velarde. And this, even though it's a tip, is our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's. I have a lot of cleaning I have to go do after the show ends, so I might as well do it while I have a little bit of a buzz on, so hang on. It was a small shot, but big thanks to our friends at Seagram's. You know, I never in, in my early 30s, I never thought that Drew... I'm in my early 40s now, by the way, for those who don't know, but I never thought that Drew would become a bigger drinker than me. Like, he's drinking <laughs> the icy beer, he's drinking Fireball. Uh, didn't see that coming, but... Well, you know, sometimes we become degenerates at different points in our lives. You were a degenerate from the solid ages of about 14 to 39. <laughs> and so I'm starting a little bit late. I'm a late bloomer, let's just say, you know, uh, things of that nature. Well, but, Fireball, uh, I, I think I I don't know if it was last show or a couple shows shows ago. I mean, it just goes down so smoothly. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks. Shout out again to Seagram's for making my Fireball dreams come true. There you go. And for all important. the sh- and for all the t-shirts that they gave all the folks uh, that we distributed at the last show at Boston Pizza. Yeah, last Thursday at the uh, the uh, live broadcast of Boston Pizza, our friends at Seagram's uh, were uh, kind enough to provide some swag that we were able to give out yeah, we've to got, all those we've got who got were lots in more. Trust Dave me. Dave is the swag king. Yes. Yeah. Dave M always has swag. Dave M is never empty-handed. Like if we're doing a live on location, Dave will have Illegal curve mini sticks, illegal curve pucks. He'll have yep. farmery stuff, Seagram yep. stuff, something. He always aims to please. There you go. Uh, exactly right. Uh, so our Seagram shot of the game goes to Gabe Velarde, his first goal as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, and it's a game-winning yeah. goal. It comes at the 18-18 mark of the third period, assist to Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello. And this tip is just incredible. The, mm-hmm. the level of skill needed to be able to perform this tip, this level of eye-hand coordination, I honestly thought, I'm like, 
how did he tip that? I thought he was like standing basically by the boards when he when he got that tip on that puck. It's a it's a yeah. shot from Morrissey from the point. And Gabe Velarde is he's not you know screening John Gibson. He's to the side of John Gibson, and he's mm-hmm. not really in in what you would describe as a uh, you know a high probability area for a tip. But he is able to get his stick on the puck and redirect it past John Gibson. No chance for the Ducks goaltender. But this is just such an incredibly high skill play by Gabe Velarde for his first goal as a member of the Jets and for the game winning goal in tonight's contest for the Jets. Okay, I don't mean to break bring this up. (laughs) I don't know how many people are watching the replay right now. Gabe Velarde might have got away with a little bit of a slew foot there. Watch, watch earlier the, in the earlier in yeah, the play. watch the play. Yeah. Radko Gudis is the defenseman. I didn't notice this, Dave, until now. Yeah. But actually, yeah. if you watch the replay, there's a little bit of a Gabe Velarde, and I, like I like Gabe Velarde, and obviously, you know, happy that the Jets won. But Radko Gudis and Gabe Velarde are kind of side by side, and there's a little, a little bit of a trip there. And then yeah. Radko Gudis obviously gets up, um, and it's not him that that takes uh, Velarde. It would be who's his D partner here. Who did, we, would, who did we say earlier? Would it be Vakaninen? Vakaninen? Uh, Vakaninen, yes. Yeah. Number five. Number so five. So Vakaninen er, is the Erho Vakaninen, a household yeah. oh. name. Household oh, go, name, Euro Vakaninen. Erho. So yeah, it's yeah. actually Vakaninen, the defenseman that takes Gabe Velarde. But just saying, for people in the chat, don't necessarily have to watch it. Just watch the replay. Watch like three or four seconds before the goal. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Gabe Velarde. All I'm saying is you can see on the replay that he might have gotten away with a little bit of a slew foot. At the end of the day, who cares? The Jets win. Velarde scores his first goal uh, as a Jet. All I'm saying is there might have been a little bit of a trip there on Gudis. Well, Radko Gudis has never tried to perform <laughs> perform any illegal activities well, exactly. on the maybe ice there was, or anything. Maybe there was a little bit of karma there, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. No, and but the one thing you have to talk about is the fact that you're right, Drew. I mean, when as and I first watched it, we're like, did Morrissey somehow get that in? Because it didn't yeah. seem like there was anyone even close to blocking Gibson's eyes. And then you realize that he's a good like. Seems like he's five feet away from even being anywhere close to a difficult area. But again, you credit uh, Gabriel Velarde for you know having the presence of mind to have his stick available and the defenseman. It's kind of like watching a football guys, you know, not paying attention to the play. And Velarde tips that home beautifully, and and it's his first goal for the Jets. And it's and the one thing I liked from the play was I liked that the Jets were still pressing. You know, they felt I you could sense that the Ducks. I thought the Ducks were sitting back, hoping to just get to overtime and think mm-hmm. anything could happen in OT. But to me, I like that the Jets kept pushing because I think the Jets were like smelling a little bit of blood in the water and yep. anticipating that there was going to be an opportunity for them to take out uh, take out Anaheim. So I, I like that they kept pushing. And again, it's it's appropriate that it's Josh Morrissey because he was, you know, as we talked about, such an important part of this game. So he puts it on. And, and Vladimir Mesnikov, again, important in that play because he was in the scrum. He's the one who originally dug the puck out and then put it back to the point. And it was DeMello to Morrissey, right? And then... Velarde tips at home so 3-2 and, and it's a minute 42 left in the third so at that point it's just about wrapping it up because it really didn't feel like the Ducks were going to be able to get anything going uh, to tie that game and the Jets made sure the Ducks weren't going to be able to get anything going they kept possession uh, you know in the offensive zone or at least on their stick for until right about the about the 55 second mark and then that's when the Ducks were able to gain the zone but weren't able to do anything and then nice play Nikolai Ehlers to Mark Shifley and this one even was a little bit had a little bit of a head hunt going on as Ehlers mm-hmm. chipped the puck up uh, one of the Ducks players came in and tried to missed him but certainly noticed you know took a run at Nikolai Ehlers to try and break 
break up the play. And Mark Shifley also noticed that after he put the puck in the net, he did a quick turnaround and told one of the Ducks players, uh, gave him a piece of their mind. I don't know if he said the word Frick or if he said any, the, any uh, stronger <laughs> language. Ross, Ross Johnston, I think it was. Uh, could, Ross Johnson, who, of course, played for the New York yeah. Islanders and was acquired off waivers uh, by the Anaheim Ducks, I think maybe about a month ago or six weeks ago. Uh, certainly one of the Ducks players took a bit of a run at Nikolai Ehlers, but uh, missed Ehlers, Ehlers with the nice chip into soft ice and Shifley. And there's sort of something poetic about it. Shifley with the response on the Kyle Connor hit and Shifley into the empty net to give the Jets. And, uh, you know, if you looked at the score and you didn't watch the game, you say, yeah, the Jets should beat the Anaheim Ducks 4-2. This game had more meaning, and this victory had more meaning for the Winnipeg Jets and their full marks for the 4-2 victory uh, in Anaheim. Winners of four in a row now. The Jets are first in the Central Division, and they're next in action on Wednesday, Tuesday night. It'll Sorry, be- Drew. It was uh, Pavel Mintukov, the first-round pick. That It wasn't pick. Ross Johnson, but you're right. I mean, he did take we a bit of a run at the Johnson family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and I mean, at the end of the day, they get the empty netter. The Jets win. It's their fourth win in a row and their first place in the Central. So all that matters right now is that, but also what matters is hopefully, you know, this isn't going to be an ACL, MCL tear, uh, right. and it's going to be shorter term because obviously if Kyle Connor is going to be out for two months, three months, whatever, longer possibly, I mean, that that that's going to affect the Jets' offense uh, big time. Well, I'll tell you what, when we go to after we come back from break, Rick Bonus had some very interesting comments about that hit that was laid on Kyle Connor. The Jets had some interesting comments in their post-game media availability. We'll bring you some of those comments. We'll, we'll talk about those comments. We'll put them up, the quotes of those comments. So stay with us. Much more to come. It's a Sunday evening. The Jets victorious 4-2. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. Much more to come. Don't go anywhere. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small 
Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Shortly after the bottom of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg. Uh, reminder, so the Jets play Tuesday night. The game starts at 9.30, which means the post-game show is going to start Wednesday morning, right around 12.15 in the morning. So the, please join us Wednesday morning, bright and early, or very, very late, depending on your perspective. 12.15, give or take, it'll be the post-game show after the Jets and the San Jose Sharks. And then, just because it's not enough late nights in a row, we're going to do it all again on Wednesday slash Thursday morning after the Jets and the Los Angeles Kings. Drew, we so should be hitting up Frank and Mauro Zappia for some cappuccinos at that time of night. We're going to need I, them I, I for need the espresso. next I need double, triple espresso <laughs> at that point. Of espresso, cappuccino. cappuccino. We're going to need a lot of caffeine for those late night games. Yes, there's no question we're going to need a lot of caffeine uh, at, at that point in time. It's going to be a late night Tuesday and a late night Wednesday, so please join us then uh, for post-game coverage after the Jets and the Sharks and then the Jets and the Los Angeles Kings. Okay, so here's Rick Bonus on the Ryan Strom hit that injures Kyle Connor. Quote, it, this is courtesy of Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press, who's on site on the road trip through California. So we appreciate him bringing us these quotes. It's a knee on knee. He sticks his knee out. You hope that's suspendable. The referees made the right call. Five-minute major and a game misconduct. And we'll see where it goes from there. So that's the Jets head coach on the hit that injured Kyle Connor. And it's, he's 100% right. It's not like, you know, this is a blatant kneeing penalty. Uh, the player... I just don't know if he gets suspended because there was a game misconduct. You have to... I mean... I, and again, Drew, I think, you know, look, all things being equal, I think you could argue that's that's even more than a game, maybe even a couple games, three games. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah. saying I, I literally don't know if we're going to see supplemental discipline because as we've talked about, it's really the NHL department of what the hell is going on, right? Like nobody, <laughs> no, nobody knows, like, what plays are going to get suspensions or fines. So uh, I, I, I Rick Bonus is 100% right. All I'm saying is, like, I just – I'm not going to necessarily hold my breath that there's going to be a one-game suspension. There could be. I'm just saying I'm not going to hold my breath. No, I think that's fair. I think it's it, it's such a crapshoot to know what player safety is. I mean, look, we we saw the whole controversy with the hits recently. You know, hits into the into the, the board into the penalty. boards, right? And so you're yeah. like, one gets zero minutes and penalties, another gets a five in a game. Yeah. It there's it's just there's no consistency and so it, it's very difficult to know what the hell these guys are thinking half the time and so yeah until until there is that sort of understanding that this is going to be what this type of when they, when you again it's funny if you just use the rule book you know it's it's just the weirdest thing you have rules they're not hard to enforce 
you know, if, if you do this, you get this. If you do that, you get that. If it's determined that this looks like that, well, then you can give it a, you can account for it in that way. So these are the rules that the NHL has. Just follow the rules. And then, so, because the problem is the worst real, the the worst thing that you can have is a situation where people are going, like the, the coaches and the players, we don't know what the hell is going to be, right? Yeah. And so, and what you end up happening is guys take matters into their own hands, you know, and then Evander Kane's claiming that Ryan Hartman is, you know, dragging his skate across his face and you've got other guys, like it becomes like, you know, law of the jungle because they're like, well, we don't trust the NHL to actually handle this. So mm-hmm. we're going to take this into our own hands. And so it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation in that regard because of the lack of transparency. I mean, like, honestly, those stupid videos that they put out, with the like, they, monotone even, do voice. Do they still do those videos? I don't know. I mean, yeah. the Jets haven't really been involved. I think so the really question is, Drew, does anybody watch those videos if they Fair do enough. put them out, right? And I think yeah. to Drew's point, Drew mentioned this, you know, in the first few minutes of the show. The worst part of, about this is that Kyle Connor was on pace for a, a career high in goals. Yeah. And again, we don't know. He could be back. Uh, he could be back earlier than we think. I mean, we just don't know. So, like, it it looks bad right now, and everybody's thinking worst-case scenario, right? But we just don't know. But, like, he could have – if he does stay healthy and play the majority of the games, we're talking about a potential 60-goal season. At the very least, he was on pace for, you know, well over 50 goals, right? So, it's just unfortunate because he's having such a good year. And, you know, we were talking about this off-air. Like, Connor, I don't think a lot of people realize how, how, how many games he's played. Meaning he doesn't miss a lot of games. That's what right. I mean. The he last games he's missed were COVID related. I mean, he doesn't miss games due to injury. No. You know, he he's been a remarkably healthy player throughout the entirety of his career. And that part, yeah. you know, part of being a, an exceptional player is being able to be counted on, is being reliably in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Jets, you know, since Kyle Connor broke into the NHL, has been reliably in the Jets lineup, yeah. you know, injury wise. And now yeah. he's you know, we're assuming he's not going to be there because of a dirty play. And the until the NHL, and by NHL, don't confuse who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the owners of these franchises because they are the NHL. They determine the path that the NHL wants to take. Mm-hmm. Till the owners... Mark Chipman in Winnipeg, you know who all the owners are. I don't need to go through them. Till the owners demand of the league office that the star players be put on a pedestal when it comes to injuries and preventing injuries, this is the kind of BS that is going to continue to happen. I don't the think it should NFL, matter. I don't. I don't think it should matter if it's a star or just any player. To be honest with you, Drew. I mean, you just sure. again, it, it goes. It, no, I think it just goes back to the idea that you want consistency across the league. And and the truth is, if you throw the book at a Ryan Strom, yeah, for 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 an intentional knee, if that's what it's determined to be, then maybe that kind of stuff, you know, and a hefty fine and all that sort of thing, then perhaps there's there's you're you're de incentivizing guys from being stupid and reckless. That's what you want. I don't really give a shit about the other stuff. It's more just this idea of just creating a consistent and again, not a, like if you want to appeal, if you think it's too harsh, too, too um, punitive, well, then you appeal it. But, but the reality is if you put play into place, something that has teeth and you cause these guys to miss enough games because they're reckless, guess what happens? Guys stop being reckless. You know, you don't want to miss 20 games. 
you're going to stop being reckless. So Look, so make make the punishments. And again, this has nothing to do with just a Jets injury. I wouldn't no, care this isn't if Jets it was the other way around. Pacific. I'm just saying, make the penalty harsh. And if you do, what ends up happening is guys don't do it. They learn. these. It's the same as everything. Well, and so well, what will happen well, is Dave's right and Drew's right. I mean, like, they do have to protect their star players better, but they just have to protect their players better Star players are included within that, obviously, right? Sure, but so they just have John's... to be more consistent, and they have like it's again. This is a shame because we were it was setting up to be a great goal scoring race between Austin Matthews, Kyle Connor, um, Nikita Kucherov, uh, you know, so on. Sidney Crosby, uh, Frank Vitrano. <laughs> Sidney Crosby has fifteen. Yeah, Vitrano has fourteen. Yeah. Brock, yeah. I mean, look, but John Chan's comment, I've highlighted it on the screen here. The NFL realized that their bread and butter is with their star players. And their star right. players in the NFL, by and large, are the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So they have put in rules to keep their quarterbacks safe. And some of the rules are taken to a bit of an extreme, you know, where you really can't tackle the quarterback or sack the quarterback hard anymore. But so be it. They know that the ticket buying public wants to see great quarterback play and that the game is better when their best players are on the ice and their scrubs are not injuring the best players. When Tom Brady got injured by Bernard Pollard, when he went at it with, with what at the time was a legal hit tackling a quarterback at and below the knees. At the time, it was a legal hit. What did the NFL do in response? They said, we're banning that hit. And so quarterbacks can't get hit low anymore. Sure. And as a result, there have been a lot fewer instances of a quarterback but how do you, being uh, out Drew, how for do you, the how season. Do you fine, but how do you translate that to the NHL? Oh, hold on a second. We're going to have a special ref to monitor to make sure nothing happens to Kyle Connor or Mark Shifley or Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. You have to have a better standard of officiating. Well, that's what we're saying. So, I mean, again, like I said, it doesn't, again, I understand the NFL and the NHL are different games, obviously, and you can right. do that where you can institute a quarterback rule. But in the NHL, again, it comes back to what I'm saying make the punishment punitive make it difficult make uh, a yeah. guy miss you know again like i said like you know we're seeing it in the chat people are saying because players gets when they get suspended it's without pay right but but my point is that you know if ryan strome and i know ryan strome and and kyle connor are very different players and and it's not you know apples to apples in terms of removal but for ryan strome to move, miss five minutes in and a, a game for kyle connor who again he could be in the next game or he could miss the next eight weeks it's not equal. And so the reality is there's no punishment for the, the ca casualness of Ryan Strom sticking his knee out. So right. make that a, make that a significant enough penalty that when he when a player does that, they're not going to do it because they know I'm going to miss 15 games. I'm going to miss it, 10 games. And so the problem is these rules are a joke. And if guy misses one game, two games, three games, oh, he, think about how many times you see a guy get a, a fine. And don't get me wrong. NHL players are the cheapest. So, like, losing people say, oh, what does $2,000 mean to them? They still get upset when they lose $2,000. But the fact of the matter is, make them harsh. Make it difficult. And they'll stop doing this. Did Jacob thing. Truba get suspended for that slash to the head? Nope, no. Got fined. Yeah, right. fined. That, that was vicious. And I realized that a lot of people were saying, well, it just looked like that because of the angle. He's, and I don't. I, I apologize. I don't remember who he slashed. I'd have to look it up. I guess I could Google it right now. But uh, Keep going. Jacob Truba, that was a slash to the head. 
and he didn't even get a game. Sla- slashing a guy to the head. And if that doesn't get a game, I mean, what Frank Frederick of the Boston Bruins is who he slapped. There you go. If you, if, if you know, for people watching or listening on the podcast, just YouTube it or whatever, Jacob Truba slash Trent Frederick. That was a couple of weeks ago now, maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that like Drew said, that was a fine and a fine. Like, like, I'm sorry, a fine is that's a slap on the wrist. That's nothing for these guys that make millions of dollars a year. A twenty five hundred dollar fine is nothing. Look, you want improved officiating you want consistent discipline meted out by the head office it starts with a dictate from the ownership and a dictate from the general managers so in you know all the complaining about george Perros. thank you ed mcstinko <laughs> <laughs> all the complaining from the general managers or all the complaining it starts with the 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 front offices of the teams themselves they can be the ones who can demand a better and 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 better treatment and more consistent treatment as soon as they do that then you'll see a change until that you're you, it's never going to change and you're going to have the roulette wheel and you're yep. going to have guys like you know frankly if i was if i had to play for the anaheim ducks this year i'd rather be suspended so i don't think i don't think ryan strom's going <laughs> to yeah. mind that much that he, he might get suspended and miss a couple of their games what's the difference going to be they're going to they're going to you know they're going to lose you know 48 games this year instead of 46 games who the hell cares at that point in time but uh, the point is the jets are now likely to be without one of their superstars and the anaheim ducks the, the penalty that'll be handed out to them will be a very minor slap inconsequential slap on the wrist couple other comments from Rick Bonus before we get to the tough duck hardest hitting comment. Uh, Rick Bonus on Mark Shifley stepping up to fight Ryan Strom. Quote, that's the leader Mark is. That's why he didn't hesitate to jump in. He saw what happened. He saw it was a dirty hit and he addressed it right away. So good on Mark. Uh, more from Bonus on Josh Morrissey. Quote, the last two games, he put the team on his back, which he's capable of doing. He made some great plays. He's so great with the puck. He's just a tremendous skater. Elite hockey IQ. He's made some awesome plays at the right time. And the final one, Rick Bonus on Gabe Velarde getting his first goal, the game-winning goal. Huge. We talked to him this morning. We just want him to get going and get aggressive. I don't worry about mistakes. Just get your feet going. Play aggressive. Play with an attitude. And we'll deal with the rest. So Rick Bonus is taking credit for Gabe Velarde's goal. (laughs) <laughs> just like a big salad from uh from mindy's or wherever the there wasn't mindy's whatever mindy's. the name of the rest of, what no mindy's mindy's oh no mindy's was the was the restaurant monk's cafe wasn't it monk's cafe yeah it was monk's yeah, monk's. yeah okay yeah. there you go there was the soup where it was a cream soup yeah. and did he crumble that was mendy's yeah uh, but uh nonetheless we don't a need soup to get down is a, a meal i think we don't need to get down a, a seinfeld rabbit hole instead we'll wrap up the post game show with the tough duck hardest hitting comment The top duck I immediately realized what I did. After this, we'll do a Manuk Moose Minute, but dear God, Dave, please keep it tight. Go ahead, Ezzy. Who gets the tough duck hardest hitting comments? We're going to give it to Rob Noakes. See Rob Noakes in these post-game shows a lot. So, Rob, thank you for your continued support of our IC. Obviously, we thank everybody for joining us. We've got over... 300 people watching we had over 450 earlier so obviously a lot of people pumped up about the jets fourth win in a row and the fact that the jets are first overall in the central division right now rob's comment you see it there i would love to put that third line out for the five minute power play right away because they would remain composed and show the power play one and two what to do i like that because that was a unique you know it's a it's a good comment by rob because 
you obviously don't see that very often. Teams have their number one power play, their number two power play, and we know that the Jets were emotionally affected by Kyle Connor leaving the game in the way that he did, right, with the knee injury. So, Rob, send me an email. I like that comment a lot. Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or you can slide into, slide into my DMs on X slash Twitter, at ICSEG, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. We actually got Tough Duck to ship out two toques to Leslie Michnick, who won the uh, hardest-hitting comment a few games ago because, unfortunately, he didn't get his toque last year. That might have been my fault, Leslie. I apologize. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment winners, so we're going to send Leslie two, and we're going to send uh, Rob one for tonight's comment. There you go. Congrats. And Rob's, by the way, in Uruguay, is he? Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> um, Hopefully Rob has a Manitoba address, but we'll figure that out. Okay. But does Rob live in Uruguay? I don't know if... Uh, Rob is currently in Uruguay, so we don't know if Rob okay, lives there. Well, Rob, are you in... Uh, do you live in Canada? Because if you're in Uruguay, that might be a little bit expensive. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think he's going go to, to Uruguay. I mean, Uruguay. I was going to say, Uruguay definitely... is a beautiful country. Great... So I believe they've won the World Cup of Soccer, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty sure that's not the case, but no, they're a good soccer nation. Oh, he's he's in California and Uruguay there, is, so we're good. He's in two places at once. That's even more impressive. I believe that is his saying residence wise. I, thank here. you, Dave. I I understood what. But understood hold on. That. But hold on. But Rob's dad lives in St. James, so we can, we can even get some local. It's elements. getting closer and closer. Eventually, yeah. it's just gonna <laughs> as he's just gonna deliver it upstairs to Dave's bedroom uh, yes. somehow or another. Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, you guys thought. I didn't know what I was talking about. Uruguay has won four world championships in soccer. Wow. Really? Four world cups? World Not cups world or world cups. championships? World, I was like, world... that seems like you're making a distinction yeah. there. No. Uh, What's well, a world championship in soccer? They've Probably won 19 FIFA official titles. All I know is on Wikipedia, it says Uruguay is one of the most successful teams in the world. Wow. As basically, as he played FIFA soccer on his Genesis with Uruguay <laughs> and won a game, <laughs> is what happened. Uruguay is powerful in soccer, and uh, it's very hot there. So, uh, Rob, ah, there we I'm go. Gonna, yeah. Matthew Thompson, the, they he says they won the first World go. Cup. There Thank you, you Matthew. Two and then I see three PO said three. You poo pooed what I said, Mendel. I have it's, my soccer knowledge. Yeah, it's a hell of a knowledge you have there. The, I'll tell you who's got some knowledge. That's Manuk, and he's got moose knowledge. Let's wrap it up with the Manuk Moose Minute. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I'm going to keep this one tight. Tight, Please. I tells you. So the Moose were in Calgary to take on the Wranglers. They're one of the best teams in the Pacific. And uh, Manitoba did not have a very good fate on Friday. I didn't get a chance to talk about it because I forgot because we were in such a, a rush to finish the show on uh, Saturday morning. But I won't go into that one other than to say that the Moose uh, had a good first period, terrible second. And even though they were having a better third, goals-wise, they weren't. So they lost 6-2. They were looking for a to earn themselves a split in the rematch as... So uh, it didn't get off to a very good start. Now, again, injury-wise, Chaz Lucius, the 2021 first-rounder, he took a maintenance day last week, which I thought was unusual. I wasn't certain. Turns out he wasn't able to play either of the games. So hopefully when the Moose get back to town, uh, they're back tonight. But uh, they're back on the ice on Tuesday. We'll get an update on Chaz. And also Kyle Capobianco, he's dealing with a hip issue, uh, head coach Mark Morrison told me last week. So he missed both games this weekend. Dimitri Kuzman, the 2021 third rounder he played his first two AHL games this week 
uh, this weekend, I should say, in Calgary. And uh, things got off to a poor start because much like the Jets, the power play for the Moose was not good today. They uh, gave up not one, but two shorthanded goals. Dryden Hunt, he <laughs> opened the scoring for uh, Calgary uh, in the first period, about midway through the first. He gave them a one nothing lead. Artemi Nizev, not a good play actually on either of the shorthanded goals against and the five-on-five goal. But it was not a great goal to give up. But two minutes later, Jeffrey Vl he ties the game. Uh, he gets his second. Right place, right time. Brad Lambert, got to talk about him because he had a beautiful play, whip around the zone, create some time and space using moving his feet. And he set up that goal. So now it's 1-1. And then again in the second period, oh, deja vu. Again, the Wranglers score shorthanded to take a 2-1 lead. And you're like, oh, God, I've seen this script before. But the Moose fight back. Christian Reichel, who's been uh, doing everything but score, gets his first goal of the season. And you could see that it was weighing on him. I talked to him a couple, you know, about 10 days ago. And he was like, you know, I feel like I'm doing everything right, but score that goal. Well, he scored the goal through the monkey off of his back. There was a lot of excitement. Originally, we thought Jeffrey Vl scored it. But Reichel, uh, kind of like Velarde, got the tip, tied the game 2-2. A third period again, midway through the third, the uh, Wranglers take a 3-2 lead. And you're like... Well, that's not going to be good for business because you just didn't know if the Moose were going to be able to fight back. But sure enough, who again? Christian Reichel, 13 seconds after the Wranglers took the lead. It was three all. Both teams traded chances. Neither team scored to during regulation. So, of course, it goes to overtime. In OT, who else? Brad Lambert, 2022 first rounder. And big I bad. put it, it, Big Bad Brad. And let me tell you, it's on of all, all of our socials, our Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. It'll be in the morning papers if you need links to it. Uh, he just wheeled from the uh, Moose zone right into the Calgary end. And, you know, three on three, there's too much space for him. And he scores his, I think it was his eighth goal of the season. So now he's got up to um, eight goals, nine assists, 17 points. He's top 10 in rookie scoring right now in the AHL. His shooting percentage is unbelievable. I think it's like 17.4%. Remember, he's playing center now. So uh, Brad Lambert, he was he was going all game. And the other player who I thought was really good was Nikita Chibrikov. And I know folks are asking me who I think will be recalled. I don't think either of them will, because I think what you're going to do is you're going to disrupt what they're doing right now with the Moose. And I know it's Kyle Connor, and it potentially you want to give up, you want to give a player, replace that player with a guy in that similar mold. But I don't know that the organization wants to take that risk. I guess we'll see what it does in terms of how long Kyle Connor is going to be out. But to me, Lambert and Chibrikov and Jilkin and all those young guns are are really uh, learning the pro game right now for the Moose. So I don't know that you want to disrupt that. You could always recall a guy like Jeffrey Vl or, or Tonato or whatever. And again, it depends on how long Kyle Connor is going to be out. But I right now, my guess is, my, my thought would be that they're not going to want to disrupt the Lamberts or the Lucius's or the Chibrikovs from what they're doing right now with the Moose. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe Jeff Malott gets a call up. He's a goal. He, scorer, he deserves right? it. He's been playing very we well. We just don't know. It depends on like, again, Dave, like if it's a short-term injury, the likelihood is, is, is lower than yeah. if it's a long-term injury, then sure. yeah, you might call up a goal scorer. But I mean, you know, you know the Moose better than anybody. So I'll trust you, Dave M. But yeah, like <laughs> I don't think we should necessarily hold our breath that, you know, big bad Brad's going to get a call up because he's doing really well with the Moose right now. Well, and remember, and, and it's worth noting, Brad Lambert's playing as a center. So are you going to disrupt the idea of developing as a center to put him as a winger in replacement of Kyle Connor? Like, again, and the other thing is also is that that's a, that's a ton of pressure. You know, like, like, guys, Brad Lambert isn't Kyle Connor. He's fast. He's not Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor's played 
Nope. Ezzy, what, what are we on right now? Seven, eight years of pro for Kyle Connor. Right. So you, you're not going to put Brad Lambert into Kyle Connor's skates, metaphorically speaking, and expect him to, to fill that exact same role just because he's fast. So again, my feeling is you're going to leave Brad Lambert at center with the moose, continuing to play 20 something minutes a game and developing the way he's developing. Same with Nikita Chibrikov, who's developing nicely. He's even higher than in Lambert in terms of, of points. I think he's got, uh, he might be one back because Lambert had a goal and an assist today. But the point I'm making is that I just don't think you're going to want to disrupt their development when, as as he said, you can pull up a Malat, a VL, a Toninato, or whomever, even a Reichel, and and get a guy who's going to go into that mold. Again, not the same level as Kyle Connor, but you may not want to disrupt things the way things are going down with the Moose and up with the Jets. There you go. There's the Manuk Moose Minute recapping everything going Woo! on. With the Done. Manitoba Moose. Want to remind people, Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. We're going to be live on location at Farmery Brewing. Dave's wearing the hat. I'm drinking the beer. As he's wearing the hoodie. As he's wearing wearing the the hoodie. hoodie. Yeah, there you go. So that's coming up Saturday morning, 9 a.m. We're going to be at number two Donald Street. That's the Farmery Brewing retail location. We'll do the IC Hockey Show from there. So if you're looking for something to do on Saturday morning, come on by. Grab yourself some uh, IC beer. Grab yourself any of the great products that our friends at Farmery have available. And come say hi and tune in for Saturday's Illegal Curve Hockey Show. That's coming up at Farmery Brewing, number two, Donald Street. Of course, we'll be back on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. That's going to be for the Illegal Curve postgame show after the Jets and the San Jose Sharks. So it's going to be a late night slash early morning. So please uh, Let's hope they recall Leon Gavanke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see if it's Leon Gavanke's revenge game. So stay with us uh, after that game on Tuesday night for the latest edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors. They make the post-game show, the Saturday show, the website, a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway. They're the title sponsor of the post-game show. Tough Duck, they're, of course, the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comedy. They're our friends sponsor that Boston Pizza Seagram's. I, I took a shot of Fireball in honor of our friends at Seagram's. Well, transfer and Farmery Beer support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Jets win four to two tonight in Anaheim. Illegalcurve.com has got your latest Jets news. It'll have an update on Kyle Connor just as soon as it's available and it'll have all your post game coverage coming up. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us feedback on YouTube, leave us feedback on iTunes, leave us feedback on Google Podcasts, leave us feedback everywhere and anywhere you can leave us feedback. That's what we ask of you. Big thanks to everyone for joining us. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning, we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.